Well, thanks again for being here. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and be finding Joshua chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, but you have an app on your phone, I would encourage you to follow along. If you've been around here, we are in week number three of simply what we're calling grit. And these are all faith lessons that come out of the Old Testament book of Joshua. Joshua is one of my favorite books on the planet. And there's so much in here that we could talk about. But today we really feel led that Joshua chapter 4 is the word for the day. If you have your Bibles and want to follow along, here's what it says in Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. It says, when all the people had crossed the Jordan, and Pastor Chuck talked a ton about that two weeks ago, so if you missed it, you can catch it on our YouTube or Facebook page. It says, Take, uh, it says when they crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, verse 2, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them to take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan, carry them out, pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So God's literally given this instruction to Joshua, the new leader, and Joshua has to pass this on. God literally says, look, that Jordan River that was overflowing the banks, that Jordan River that was huge, that was a barrier between you and the promised land, while I still have that water parted, I want you to go into that, the, the bed of that river. I want you to pull out 12 large stones. I want you to take them. And then later he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stack them up next to the city of Gilgal. And then he says, so when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? You've got an answer. Now, why would God do that? They've been delivered. They've got this amazing promised land in front of them. It's unbelievable. And before they rush in, before they take the next step, before they walk into it, God says, I just want you to stop and I want you to capture this moment. Why would he do that? Because if there's anything that God knows about the nation of Israel, if there's anything that God knows about us is how quickly we forget. We quickly forget. Churches are usually really good about saying, hey, let's get through the Jordan. Churches are usually really good about saying, hey, let's cross over. Churches are, are, are usually really good at saying, hey, there's something God has in front of us. But one of the things most churches are really not good at is saying, before we rush in, let's just stop and give thanks and mark this moment. How many of you are not afraid to admit that sometimes you're a little bit forgetful? Anybody not afraid to admit you're a little bit? I'm discovering that I'm of the age that I'm getting more forgetful. How many of you have ever had that moment where you're of the age where you're packing a suitcase and you leave one room to go to another room to get something to put in the suitcase? And by the time you get to the other room, you forgot why you went in that room. Are y'all there with me? I'm of that age. I'm of the age that I forget whether or not I took my allergy pill at night or not. And I'll stress about it. I'll stand by the sink in the bathroom. I'll be like, all right, if I didn't take it, I'm going to be so stuffy tonight. I'm not going to breathe and then I'm going to die. And that's not going to be a good thing. And then I'm a little dramatic at times. And then on the other end of it, it's like, but if I accidentally take it twice, then I'm going to be a zombie the next day. And so one of my friends heard about my forgetfulness when it comes to taking my Zizol, uh, Zyrtec replacement, is they said, all you have to do is turn your bottle upside down after you take it. So if you see the bottle upside down, then you know you take it. And I was like, that's a great idea. But now I forget that I turned it upside down today or yesterday. So <laughs> I'm of the age that I forget, did I really lock the front door or not? 
We will get in the car. We'll start pulling up the driveway and I will stop the car. I'll go back to the front door and shake it back and forth. Is it really locked? Anybody else there with me? I'm of the age that when we get to the grocery store and I get out of the car, I press the button to lock the car, then I press it again to honk the horn, and then I press it at least five more times. And sometimes we'll get all the way to the door of the grocery store and I'll still turn around and my wife, Laura, will look at me and say, it's locked. It's locked. Sometimes we're forgetful. And sometimes it's silliness with Zizol or Zyrtec. Sometimes it's silliness that I lock the door or not. Or do I need to go back down in the basement and check one more time? Is the basement door locked? But oftentimes we also have what I would call spiritual amnesia. Spiritual amnesia is no matter how good God's been, no matter how faithful he's been, no matter how many times he's answered specific prayers with specific results, we forget. We forget his track record. We forget those mile marker moments. And so God says to Joshua, and I think he says to you and I, he says, you need to capture this moment that the cure to spiritual amnesia is to stop. The cure for spiritual amnesia is not to rush ahead. The cure of spiritual amnesia is not press the button one more time and all this stuff. The cure is to mark those moments and to create memories. And so this morning, I just want to give you just some practical ways to think about it. Why in the world would God say to them and why would God say to us that we need to make memories? Why in the world would God say that we need to capture these moments? I think there's at least three reasons. There's a lot of reasons, honestly, we could talk about. But one of the big ones, one of the reasons why I think it's important as a church, why I think it's important as a family, why I think it's important as a single adult, a young adult, a senior citizen, I think it's so important for every single one of us to capture these memories. Number one, because of the nations. Because of the nations. Now I get when I say that, you're like, what in the world? I mean, what is that about? One of the heartbeats of God for the nation of Israel was always that they would be the light of the world. That's why they're often called the chosen people. That's one of the reasons why God set them apart is not just to be another people, not to be sucked in by the culture. They're meant to be a beacon of light in the middle of this dark world. Yes, the message and the good news was for that nation, but they were to be beacons of hope, beacons of light. They were to help the rest of the world see that God is real and to put their faith in him. So in verses one through three, when God's talking to Joshua, he says, now choose 12 men. He's saying, take one from each tribe. They're representative of the whole nation. Take one from each tribe and to the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the dried up Jordan River and carry out and pile them up one stone per person at the place where you're gonna camp tonight. Later, it says in chapter four, verse 24, it says, he did so so that all the nations, do you see that phrase? He did so so that all the nations might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. So yes, this is gonna be a reminder for Israel. Yes, this is gonna be a reminder of those that crossed over, but this was also gonna be a reminder for all the nations of the world that Israel's God is real, that he's a deliverer, that he's one that can take people out of bondage and lead them into a new life, that he's the hope of the world, the God of glory. Part of the reason why we're supposed to remember is so that the rest of the world can hear 
Listen to the very next chapter, verse, chapter 5, verse 1. It says, when all the Amorite kings, so these are the enemies that are living in the land, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings who lived along the Mediterranean coast, when they heard, do you see that? When they heard the Lord had dried up the Jordan so the people of Israel could cross, it says at the end of verse one of chapter five, they lost heart and they were paralyzed with fear because of them. In other words, that moment made an impact on the nations. How would you know if you have spiritual amnesia? How would you know if you're drifting along? There's two big symptoms. One symptom is when we're full of pride. When we have spiritual amnesia, we forget that God's the one that parted the Jordan in our life. And I don't know what your Jordan is. They had a physical Jordan But all of us have obstacles in front of us. All of us have fights in front of us. All of us have things in front of us, whether it's a health diagnosis or whether it's a a relationship that's been strained, whether it's the death of a loved one or the death of it. All of us, right, have our invisible Jordans. And one of the symptoms that we have spiritual amnesia is when we get proud and we think, well, I'm the one that got through it. I'm the one that made it happen. Look at me. Look how smart. Look how, uh, how resourceful I am. And a second symptom of spiritual amnesia is when we're paralyzed by fear. In other words, we have this unhealthy darkness over us where we're just afraid to move. A couple weeks ago, I was sick. Um, my wife says I had COVID, but I'd never tested. So in my mind, trying to be exact, I don't know if I really had it. She says I'm in denial. Am I in denial? I'm in denial. So I was in bed for three days with a killer migraine that was nonstop and fever and all that stuff. And then for the next two weeks, I just had little to no energy. And when I'm not feeling well, no matter how bright and sunny it is outside, I just am in a bad mood. Anybody else with me? Anybody have the spiritual gift of being cranky? Anybody? And so I was talking to a mentor friend, and he's like, so we got through this call. He's like, so how are you doing? And I was like, I'm just honest. Everything just feels heavy right now. And sometimes that's a symptom. That's a symptom of spiritual amnesia when everything seems wrong and we're paralyzed by fear. And so God says in chapter 4, make this monument. Use something to remind you every time you come back to this place, there is a God that answered an unbelievable prayer. And that's why in the church, we try to have those moments. I mean, this hour, we were able to celebrate baptism. How powerful is that? How powerful is it to be able to say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. How powerful is it to say, I once was far from God, but because of Jesus, who even while I'm still a sinner, died on the cross for my sins, and I put my faith in him, I am no longer lost, I'm found, I'm no longer caught up in sin. I'm a saint in his eyes. That's a powerful moment. It's a powerful moment when in a few minutes, we're going to be able to come around the Lord's table together for the Lord's supper. That it's not just bread and juice. It's not just going through the motions. It's a reminder. Jesus himself said in Luke 22, he said, do this in remembrance of me. So it is so important for us to create those moments. Number one, for the nation's. Not only for the nations, but number two, for what I would call the negative circumstances in our life. How many of you know that there's not just going to be one Jordan in your life? Are you with me? I think sometimes early on we think, okay, I'm going to cross the Jordan, that big, hairy, ugly thing in my life. I don't know why they're hairy and ugly, but you get what I'm saying. 
that barrier, that fight, that thing, once I get on the other side, everything's gonna be good. Sometimes well-meaning preacher types will make you think that once you say yes to Jesus, everything's gonna be amazing. You're gonna find your keys the first time you look for them, the dog's gonna come back, and every country song's gonna be in reverse order. That's not funny, but you know what I'm saying, right? We buy into this idea, if I just say yes to Jesus, everything's great. The problem with that is it's just not true. Jesus never said that. I mean, if that was true, how come Jesus went through a sham trial? How come Jesus went to the cross? If that was true, how come Jesus said, in this world you will have trials and trouble? And so there's going to be those moments, right? There's going to be more Jordans in our lives. And so one of the reasons why we need to capture the moments where we see God at work, when we need to keep a prayer journal of answers of prayer, or we need to have a physical Bible that we're able to highlight and write in the margin the date of something that God showed up. The reason why we need to have those at hand is because there's gonna be negative moments. There's gonna be another Jordan. There's gonna be another trial. There's gonna be another struggle. The goal of the Christian life is not to avoid the struggle. The goal of the Christian life is to see that Jesus is present in the struggle with you. That God's power is present in whatever that problem is. That his grace is sufficient. When you look at, zoom out at the biblical view of trials and trouble, God can use them and often uses them in a more powerful way to shape us. And so when God's talking to Joshua, Joshua turns around in chapter four and says to the guys in the crowd, he says in verse four, so Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes. And then he says in verse six, we will use these stones to build a memorial. We're gonna capture this moment. We're not gonna let this moment pass. In the future, your children will ask you, well, what do these stones mean? When you come back to Gilgal, when you circle this way again, why are are those stones there? There's no little plaque. There's no little uh, uh, audio guide. You can't look it up on Wikipedia in the Old Testament. You know what I'm saying? And so here they are. There's no TikTok video around the 12 stones. I'm gonna keep giving examples until somebody responds to me, right? There's no Googling. There's no Siri-ing. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know if searing is a word, but. (laughs) Then you will tell them, listen to this, verse seven. Then you can tell them, they remind us. See, this is is how we battle spiritual amnesia, is to remember. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among God's people forever. They remind us remind us. We need those memories. I've had friends over the years that mark moments both in great ways and in hard times. I've had friends that that have had hard health diagnosis, and one of those is cancer, and they go through cancer treatments. And one of the things that's become more common when somebody completes their cancer treatments and when people are on remission from it, one of the things that many of those health facilities will do is they'll have them ring a bell 
And it's one of those powerful moments. Sometimes people will take off work to support a coworker. Sometimes family members will travel across the country just to be there in that moment to ring that bell. Why did they ring it? One, to say, man, God was faithful. I, 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 I've lived through something that I never saw coming and, and I, I, I'm seeing success. They ring that bell, but also I think they ring that bell so that it reverberates down the hallways for the other patients that maybe are lacking hope and help. They hear, hey, somebody, on the other side of this. Somebody's seeing victory. There's something about that. And so those friends of mine, they, they can look back to that day or somebody that's, that's made it sober for a year or more. They've got the coins to be able to say, I have seen the hand of God. We need to remember that. And I'll be the first to admit, sometimes we forget let me just take a poll by show of hands, if you're comfortable with it. How many of you have ever seen God answer the prayer for some financial need? I don't know what that need was, but you saw there was a need and you prayed for it and God answered it. If you're comfortable, if you don't mind, would you raise your hand? If you don't mind, keep them up for a moment. With our hands still up, is there anybody that would say, Bobby... I, I've seen God answer a spiritual need, whether it's a lost friend, a lost loved one, or some other spiritual need in your life, and you saw God answer that prayer. If you don't mind, join us in lifting your hand. How many of you have ever prayed for something personally in your own heart that you just didn't know how it was going to work out, and God answered that prayer? Rod, I love your heart, bro. If you don't mind, would you just look across the room for a minute? Almost every single hand is in the air. Because at some point, God has helped us cross our Jordan. Are you with me? Let's not forget. Let's not grow numb. Let's not get past the Jordan and start complaining. Number one, we need to remember because of the nations, how else will the world hear unless the people of God say so? I mean, that's like a psalm. <laughs> Let the people of God say so. Let them speak up. How else will the thousands of people that are moving to Sugar Hill, most churches are praying, let's go to the mission field and God's blessing us by bringing the mission field here. What would happen if we said, we wanna proclaim to our neighbors and to the nations because we know everybody's gonna spend forever somewhere. So we wanna be faithful to say, there is a God that loves you. Why do we need to remember? Number two, because of the negative circumstances, there's gonna be a trial. People often say it this way, you're either coming out of a trial, you're walking into a trial, or you're about to go into one. And you're like, thank you very much. That's so encouraging. And reason number three is for the next generation. For the next generation. It's easy to complain when the next generation doesn't live out something, but oftentimes they're not living it out because we haven't passed it on to them. And what we found is that faith is better caught than it is taught. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we never make mistakes, but what it does mean is that we are careful to remember so that we can pass it on. The phrase that sticks out to me in verse 21 is that then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, your children were asked, they're gonna ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan 
on dry ground. We were on, we were in Egypt, we were in slavery for 450 years. God delivered us. We wandered for 40 years because of unbelief. God led us and we got all the way up to the promised land and the Jordan seemed impossible, but there is a God that made the impossible possible. He caused the Jordan to open and we are here because there is a God. That's why I think parent-child dedication is so powerful for parents to say we're not perfect but to say as best as we can we want to dedicate our children to the Lord that's why for every fifth grader that finishes fifth grade going into middle school our family ministry has an amazing event called the passing of the key where they go to Sawney Mountain they walk up as a fifth grader they come down as a middle schooler and they have a tangible key to remind them of that milestone that's why at graduation Pastor Andy and his team does an incredible job to culminate everything they've learned in middle school and high school here into a little booklet seven principles and then to give them a challenge coin like we had in the military as a reminder of God's faithfulness and I want to encourage you to figure out how can you make those memories in your life in fact later this week our team is putting together a list of practical milestone moments that any family, any grandparent, any single adult could do to help remember what God has done. In fact, if you want to get that resource as soon as we release it later this week, you can go to sugarhill.church slash milestones and just drop your email address in there, sugarhill.church slash milestones. And as that's completed, we'll send it out. How do we keep from forgetting? How do we keep from being spiritually numb? How do we protect against just being spiritual consumers? One way is we remember. We remember. We remember. Maybe for you it's to keep a journal. Maybe it's to download the day one app and to keep track of it. Maybe it's in the margin of your Bible, you're writing down the promises and the fulfillment. Let us be a people that remember. One of the most powerful ways that we can remember is through what we call the Lord's Supper. Depending on where you grew up or what your background is, maybe you've heard it, the Lord's Supper, the communion, or the Eucharist, but it's a powerful moment. So I want to invite Pastor Zach and the team, if you guys don't mind, come and lead us. But in just a moment, these tables are here throughout the room, and if you're watching online, if you're able to uh, participate as well, we would encourage you to do that. But essentially, every single one of these tables, Jesus gives us a way to remember in Luke chapter 22, Jesus and his disciples were in the upper room. And what Jesus was literally doing is he was having a meal with those disciples that was part of a, an annual thing. It's the Passover. It's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It was an annual reminder that God put on the calendar of the nation of Israel to say, every single year, do not forget, do not forget that you once were slaves and now you're free. This morning, I sung to Tom Callahan, and he, he told me just in passing, didn't really know this was the, the thing that, that I was talking about. He said that they had recently had uh, a meal with one of their grandchildren as an annual reminder of their baptism. I thought, what a powerful reminder. What a powerful reminder. And so today, if you're a believer, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, I want to invite you to partake in this. This is an incredible opportunity to say, Jesus, help me never forget the price that you paid. And maybe for some of you, you've been a believer a while and somewhere along the way, your faith has begun to flicker or maybe there's just been some distance between you and God. As we partake of this together, maybe this is an opportunity to say, Jesus, help me to come closer to you. 
And maybe today, if there's never been a moment that you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, you would use this as a moment to say, Jesus, would you show me if you're real? Jesus, would you help me to say yes to you? Jesus, I want to know you as my Savior and Lord. So if you don't mind, would you stand very quietly, very reverently with me? If you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, I invite you to participate in this. If you want to use this, parents, as a teaching moment for any kiddos that may be in the room, that's awesome as well. But even now, I would just invite you to come to the clip, the table that's closest to you, and each person that's participating, grab one of these cups each. And as you come, maybe just in your head and your heart, you just want to pray, dear Jesus, would you show me if there's any unconfessed sin in my life? Dear Jesus, would you show me if there's any bitterness or pride or anger or lust or greed? Father, would you show me if there's anything I need to confess before you? And maybe in your head and your heart, you just take a moment and say, dear Jesus, would you forgive me? I think sometimes when we come to the Lord's Supper, it's an awesome time for us to reflect. Reflect on how, you know, is there anything in my heart? Do a little spiritual, physical, how's my heart? And anything God reveals just to confess it. And then I think it's appropriate to remember, to remember that this cost Jesus everything. He died for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the world. The one who knew no sin literally became sin for us. So it's a time to remember. But it's also an awesome time to renew. That if you've been drifting, maybe you've grown a little stagnant, say, Jesus, I come back to you. I come back to this relationship I have. Here's what Jesus says in Luke chapter 22. Verse 15, he says, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. He says, then he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks for it. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I will not drink the wine until the kingdom of God has come. And then he took some bread and he gave thanks for it. Then he broke it in pieces. He gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body which is given for you. And here's the phrase, do this in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we pause to say thank you. We thank you that you parted the greatest Jordan any of us could ever face, the need for salvation. Father, we remember the price that you paid. We renew ourselves in commitment to you afresh. And Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Man, if you don't mind, would you take the juice side of that cup and just peel that tab back on the juice? It says he took the cup and he gave thanks. He said, take this and share it among yourselves. If you will, just flip that over to the bread side, that little wafer, and you can peel that back. It says in verse 19, he took some bread, he gave thanks to God for it. He broke it into pieces. He gave it to him and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
one of the most powerful ways to keep from drifting, one of the powerful ways to get back on track when we're drifting is to remember. Maybe this week you wanna put this in a place where you can see it and be reminded that there's a God that brought me from death to life, that parted the Jordan when I couldn't see a way, He is faithful. Pastor Zach and the team is gonna lead us before we head out to connect these dots. Man, we love you guys. We're so grateful to get to do life with you. If there's any way that we can serve you or pray for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. But let's be a people that doesn't rush ahead. Let's be a people that doesn't just keep cruising. Let's be a people that remembers. Let's sing this out as Zach leads us.